Yes, Lord God, you're in this war with us, and the war is against you, against your righteousness and your truth, Lord God, against Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb. And Satan has mounted his offense against you, against us. Lord, and we thank you for divine protection, with divine revelation, so that people are not caught up in this war and lost. Lord God, we thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us, for making a way, and that way is secure, and it is good, but Satan is trying to keep us from finding that way or walking in that way so that it becomes of no advantage to us. So I pray, Father God, that you would help us today not to be offended, not to be an offense, and not to pick up offenses. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, that you've given us power over all the power of the enemy. You said whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven, and we have many things that we could actually be binding and loosing for the advantage of the kingdom of God if only we would use those powers, including the power to forgive and release from judgment. So, Father God, I pray that as you've promised us before, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that even in this day and in the rest of this month and for the rest of this year, that your will will be done in and through us on earth and that you will protect us in our health and safety and our traveling vehicles, finances, everything that has anything to do with us, including the call to which you have uh, um, given us, that we will walk in the fullness of that and complete your course for our lives. We ask you for wisdom now and ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive and be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, just before we get started today, I want to remind you guys about liferecovery.com, our website. And on that website, you're going to find all kinds of helpful things, really, books, blogs, uh, manuals, um, DVDs. Even if you go to the front page, you can watch the um, diagram, YouTube video of the diagram which kind of explains the war between uh, us and the generational curses and how they get done in our lives, brought down into our life to divide us, to set us up in opposition, even to our own selves. So again today, and highlight, I'm going to highlight today and and get you to look at God on Trial. It's our new audio um, series, 28 episodes of the story, the audio uh, story of the war between God and Satan for the souls of men, dramatized. It's super exciting. It's very educational and it's very, um, uh, I think it's pretty profound actually. What do you think? Honey? Well, I, I was on a long road trip a few days ago and I was listening to it again and I've heard it many times and it's just, it just draws you right in mm. and you get so much truth and, and it's done in an entertaining way. And, but it, it's it's very very powerful. It's very very powerful. Yeah, and the and the first episode is only two dollars and ninety nine cents, and I'm sure that you can find two dollars and ninety nine cents laying around to check it out. So let's talk about today's subject um, again. It's kind of a review of last week, and then continuing on. Well, to offend or be offended—that is the question. Yeah, <laughs> we're bringing that up today. But just last time we talked a little bit about uh, offense and. Uh, people being offended and uh, we we live in a time where there is there are spirits demonic spirits yeah. that are bringing offense to one another over race political positions doctrines uh 
hurts, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of things. Ways, Even for, yeah. mm-hmm. in, in people that take these things, and it seems like they're just looking for something to be offended about. And, and it's the spirit want, of the age, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so basically Jesus said in Matthew 24, 8 and 9, he talks about the characteristic the characteristics of the days in which we're living right now, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. This is referring to Christians, believers mm-hmm. in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. This yeah. is the the spirits of offense characterize our age. And the word, the word offense there means... It comes from a, a Greek word that means scandal. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's a scandal, somebody took the money, somebody had an adulterous affair, some, some, something went bad. It's a scandal. People are offended and right. shocked, and it's like, what is this going? What's going on here? They kind of like maybe pick up a, a side too. You know, take oh sure, yeah. But uh, offense means to um, trip up, to trap, or to stumble to fall away or cause displeasure or sin. It's like a stumbling block, something that you trip over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, in a, an offense is something that hurts the feelings of others. It's, it can be a cause of resentment, um, either intentionally or unintentionally, mm-hmm. and, and also to violate someone's sense of priority, propriety or decency, or to, or to cause someone to, to sin, to influence someone. That's to, a to lot sin. of stuff for That's one definition. That's a lot definition. of stuff in one <laughs> definition. But to violate one's, uh, someone's sense of propriety, that something just, it, it, you just know in your heart, in your spirit, that this is not right. Mm-hmm. And I think that takes us into um, offenses, it takes us into judgments and bitterness and all kinds of things. But it, this is a very huge topic, and so we're, we're going to try to break it down into four or five sections today, just generally, and then um, you can expand. Lord, help the people to understand and expand. So we're going to be talking about committing offenses. Um, you know, that's Matthew eighteen 7. We'll go there in a minute. Uh, second, uh, being offended and not taking offense. Uh, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Uh, section number three is going to be on um, reconciling offenses. Uh, section number four is the cross becomes an offense. Christ crucified becomes an offense um, to the to the lost and to the world. And section five, um, how not to offend a weaker brother. So these are five different topic areas. Each one, could you could write a book on each one. But we're going to kind of just touch the highlights today. So we're going to start in Matthew um, chapter 18, verse 7, where Jesus is talking about, uh, that's a big chapter on offense and forgiveness. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a really a, a, a place that's rich in understanding this. So he says, um, uh, Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to the man to whom the offense, or by whom the offense comes. So that spirit of offense is out there stirring up trouble, division, contention, bitterness, hurt feelings, um, serious crimes committed against the the weak and the innocent. And so he says, this is interesting, after that he says, and if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maim or lame, uh, lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, cast it out from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell 
fire. So I think what he's saying there is these people who cause offenses, it would be better for them to lose an eye or a hand or, or a foot um, and give it up, give up the offense, get rid of it, than to keep it and go to hell. And he's not saying go cut your hand off because your hand is the guilty party that made you sin. He's saying recognize the incredible consequences that are going to happen to those who keep offense or offend and stay mad and stay hurt. You may lose your salvation. You may become, you know, it's like, like I said last time, is, is, is staying mad, being offended, being bitter, is it worth going to hell over? Well, offenses rise from just individuals, between individuals and a family or, or something that is a break in a, in a friendship. And then it can extend all the way to uh, gang warfare. You right. know, we're going to one gang against another and it just never ends. It, the offense keeps picking up and there's murder family after feuds. murder. Mm-hmm. And how about wars? Mm-hmm. You know, Endless. different people groups, different nations that are always at each other. They're trying to get revenge. Um, and so th- this multiplies to a whole uh, horror of, of conflict um, throughout the world. And Jesus kind of concludes, or continues, I should say, in Matthew 18 with a very interesting little segue. He says in verse 11, For the Son of God has not come to save that, for the Son of God has come to save that which is lost. And he says, What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one who is straying? Um, and I, sh- I should say to you, assuredly, if he would find it, he will rejoice more over that sheep than over the 99 that could have gone astray. Um, so even so, it is not the will of your your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. So he's talking about those who are offended, the weak, the poor, those de- the defenseless ones. God is really into the little ones. He's into the lost. He's into the destitute. He's into the those who are downtrodden and messing with one of his sheep. He's going to go after that one and he's going to protect them. And so when you uh, offend one of them, especially children, which is an easy way to offend because they're so vulnerable, they're so gullible, they're so trusting. Widows have no money, no resources. People who can be easily taken advantage of. Oftentimes crimes are committed against them um, you know, because they are defenseless or because they're trusting or because they're vulnerable. And Jesus says, whoa, 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 to those through whom those offenses come. So th- what we're doing is, is sinning against that law of love, so loving one another, caring for them, putting them first, um, just like God, caring for them, right. loving them. And, and he said, if, you know, woe unto those, if you offend one of these little ones who believe in me, mm-hmm. yeah. it's better for him to have a millstone, just like a heavy, huge rock, mm-hmm. concrete chunk, we could say in our day, tie it around their neck and throw them into the depth of the sea. It would be better to have it mm-hmm. end your life like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, very serious thing. Offending, uh, coming against, Children. causing someone mm-hmm. to fall, causing defiling, uh, violating um, children, or in, in, in any way violating another person mm-hmm. by conduct against them. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, this is very, very, well, very, very serious. And what makes it even more serious is that so now it is so eager, eagerly entered into people willingly and even unknowingly are participating in the offense, the destruction of especially the innocent, the children. Uh, we have all of what we talk about almost as a general 
public topic now and do nothing much about it is the, the pedophilia, the sexual assaults against the children, and the, the vile things that are done that we will not even speak about here because they're too disturbing. Uh, but it's becoming commonplace. It's becoming part of our common language. Things that were too evil to be spoken of you know, in the past are now table talk. And so um, we just become callous to these things. And I, and I really believe that's a, a, that's a danger with these little ones and offending them and, and hurting, harming, killing, abusing them in any way. So Jesus says their angels are always beholding the face of the Father. So they, ex- they know exactly what you're doing, exactly what's going on. And as a nation, I would just say that we need to repent totally on our faces before God, that the fear of God come upon us for what we have done to these little ones. And, and you think of the people in the education system, the, uh, I'm not criticizing teachers, mm-hmm. good godly teachers, but there's a systematic programming yeah. of, of children against God. You know, you have mm-hmm. critical race theory and you've got all, all kinds of things that, you know, um, homosexuality, is transgenderism is fine, it's good, it's okay. And, and woe unto those. Mm-hmm. Woe unto those who are programming, we'll mislead them, lead who them are astray. bringing this against the children yeah. in our nation. Well, and, and Satan knows the children are the most vulnerable and the easiest to kidnap and hijack, and so that's why he's after them. And so we as believers must lift up the innocent and the precious and abuse comes in many ways, not just miseducation or mistreatment. It's uh, feeding them improperly, leading them, uh, though the, the exposure to the electronics is just driving them mad uh, and changing them into another, you know, they're not even able to communicate, relate to humans anymore. It's got to be electronics or they go into monster mode or something like that. We've just got to uh, realize that these children are crying out for help. They don't know where to get help. And God wants us as believers to assist them. The second group uh, is those who are being offended and not taking offense. Uh, We can talk for days about unfair things and unjust treatment. I think we have a couple of radio shows on that already. Uh, People who are ripping you off, people who are taking advantage, practicing witchcraft against you, setting you up, false accusations, um, not loving you, not listening to you, not letting you have a voice. practicing narcissism and witchcraft against their loved ones and their mates. Um, how do you handle these offenses? He says there's so many of them, and, and, and yet our, our remedies are simple, but they're not seeming to be very available. In Matthew, again, um, 18, chapter 15, he says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you. So an offense is being sinned against. Someone is sinning against you. They're not listening to you. They're hurting your feelings. Although we don't live our lives as right as the righteous, we don't live based on our feelings, obviously, or we wouldn't go very far. Um, sins against you. Then he says, if they do that, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained a brother. But oftentimes, you know, Step one doesn't work. So then he gives us step two. And if he will not hear you, take with you to one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So your complaint, your, um, the scenario, the uh, testimonies of these other people can verify or validate what you're saying. So, and then of course, as you bring these accusations or these um, situations before that person, their temptation is to not receive it, to become proud, to become offended at being the source of offense. And so they resist or they defend themselves or they will not hear you. 
And then the third step, of course, if he refuses to hear them, then uh, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you as a heathen and a tax collector. In other words, at that point, you really can't do anything. You can't persuade him. You can't really, um, he won't receive ministry from you. So you're kind of, you got to just let it go to the Lord. Let the Lord deal with it. A lot of times we're offended because we have unrealistic expectations. And Mm -hmm. one of those expectations is that life is going to be fair. Mm -hmm. Life is not fair. There's hardly anything about life here on earth that's fair. Right. How could it be fair in the snake pit when the devil runs the show? Right, right. And another thing, too, is Jesus said in Matthew 13 about the the one that in the parable of the sower and the soils, mm-hmm. the one that's on stony ground, he gets the, re- receives the word with joy, but he has no root in himself, Matthew thirteen twenty one, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. And he doesn't bring forth fruit. Yeah, he's distracted by the offense. Um, he, he doesn't have a deep root in the Word, and he doesn't realize that um, that's the temptation. The persecution, yeah. in a sense, takes him out because he doesn't, doesn't have that root. He doesn't have that ground. Doesn't, he doesn't yeah. know that this is, this is par for the course, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you're going to have to just go on serving the Lord regardless of uh, how you're hated. Right, and, but going back for a minute to Matthew eighteen fifteen, where you're talking to the person, then you go to the... Um, take two, and then you go to the church. There's there's problems in all of those steps. Number one, we don't like to speak out loud or really go to confront someone because most of us are afraid of conflict, so we rather take the offense and use it as a morsel, a tasty morsel, and we gossip about it, and we talk behind the back of the other person, and we sow discord uh, because we're too cowardly to go and confront them because we're afraid, of course, that they're going to confront us back or find a fault of ours. Now, you you don't have to be perfect in order to um you know be offended or not be offended we're all going to be fine there's places and flaws in all of us where it's t- we're tempted to take an offense but nonetheless if if someone comes to you and says i'm offended because you da 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 whatever we just don't do that in this country we just you know we talk to everybody else about it we bring it out in the open and gossip about it but we don't really have the respect to go to that person probably because we believe they won't listen. You take a second person and they're even more offended. And then if you tell the church, the church these days does not deal well with discipline correcting um, because it's too afraid it's going to be sued or it's not going to look good or it doesn't want to rock the boat. Uh, wants to keep that that's a nice um, appearance of everything's wonderful and this is a sweet, uh, lovely place to be and the club is good and the coffee tastes great and the light show is you know, perfect. And uh, so it's the church is not doing the dirty work, rolling up its sleeves and saying, okay, let's get to the bottom of this. Um, and then it doesn't also doesn't teach us uh, step three, how to reconcile the offended, uh, get, you know, when, when, and through a forgiveness, through, through confession, I think confession of sin, confession of the offense, confession of being offended. Our first step to recovery and healing and liberty is through confession of sin. Yeah, part of this too is when we're talking about confronting issues, is sometimes we want to 
you know, we don't want to forgive until somebody asks for forgiveness. Right. That's and Jesus that. said, though, he said, if you think your brother has something against you, go to him. Don't even give your yeah. offering in church, if you know, as long as you th- you believe that your brother has something against you, go to him. Mm-hmm. If we would just go to one another, I mean, the, most most of the time, if we go there with a humble spirit, he says, "I sense right even spirit, something yeah. like this." Say, say a, a couple of people in the church or in a family, you think you just have the sense that you don't, there the relationship isn't quite there like it should be. And if you just go to them and say, "Hey, I just sense that there's a that that there's something wrong here. Is there something I've done? Something I've said?" Mm-hmm. Um, or if you know of something that you said or did, confess it, bring it out there. But if you're not sure what it is, go there. And if it's nothing, you know, at least you've you've cleared the air. You've, right. You've brought it out into the light. Exactly. So it can be uh, because because Satan with. likes to work in the dark and he likes things to be hidden and and kept under under wraps. So you, it's kind of like, well, there's something not right here, but we don't know what it is. So bringing it out into the light diffuses Satan's lies and his misunderstandings. Many times it is a misunderstanding. Many times, you know, maybe they've heard part of the sentence or not all the sentence, or they misunderstood. Uh, It just communication, you know, the disturbing of the words and the, 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 the text, the context, all of it, Satan can use it to create an offense. And, and you know, even in families, Proverbs 18, um, 19 says, a, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. In other words, you can take a city, you can take a fortified city down before you can sometimes win back your own brother. And isn't that the case? I don't know why with families um, the, the, the offenses become so huge. And the more you harbor them, the more you meditate on them, the more huge and impenetrable they become and so uh and humbling ourselves confessing our sins we humble ourselves we own what we need to own we ask for forgiveness or you know you may be the one that they offended but you can still forgive them for offending you so like you said if you know someone has something against you or on the other side of the coin if you have something against them in either case you are the one god is expecting to make it right you know, you can't wait sometimes for people, like you said, to come and ask for forgiveness because right. they maybe can't. Maybe they're dead and they can't. But you you are you going to live all of your life carrying that bitterness, that offense, and, and being distracted by that and not being fully engaged in the work of God because you got this little thing that you're still mad about? I mean, is that worth going to hell over? Is that worth giving your life forward? Then Satan really has gained much victory if he can take your life distract your life, um, subtract your life from joy and peace, then he wins. So we need to be proactive in this. So we, we need right. to, we're the ones that need to be taking the initiative and asking forgiveness or checking to see if there is something that you've done that you don't even realize. Sometimes we do things, say things that we've forgotten about. Yeah. We didn't even think about it. And somehow the or person, Satan saw it. It made him see, see yeah, it through a lens of, Satan of expectation or disappointment. Things. Yeah, he perverts things, and it's it's really sad to see how um, in in relationships in families something mm-hmm. that was that happened in childhood can be held yeah. as an offense Forever. throughout mm-hmm. an adult uh, an adult's life, mm-hmm. and and it's like and and there's always that friction, and then and then of course there are effects. Not only spiritually, mentally, but um, physically too. You hold those kinds of things, 
hold uh, a bitterness, unforgiveness, it's going to affect your body physically right. as right. well. And bring a lot of inflammation, actually, which is one of the greater sources of sickness. So what do we do when we're offended? When someone, you know, well, let's look at Jesus. What did he do? Did he have any opportunities to be offended? All yeah, the time. every day, probably hundreds of times a day. Um, but what did he do in the, at the ultimate end? He's on the cross dying. He gathers all of that together, the abuse, the lies, the scorf- uh, scoffing, the scorning, the mocking, the, the, the general, I mean, uh, disrespect even for his physical body and for the message of the kingdom. He did, and what did he do? He said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And what happens when we are truly following Jesus Christ, we will know that we will be uh, persecuted. We will, the, the cross itself is, is an offense. And so when we're speaking and preaching the cross or the gospel or the, the, the truth of the kingdom, Satan is offended and he's going to stir up all of his entourage to come against you with their reasoning and their arguments and their, um, their hatred. So, um, so he says, Father, forgive them. So what was Jesus able to do here? He was able to, number one, not take the offense personally. And you say, well, yeah, but they meant it personally. It was a, it was a personal attack against me. They used my name. They pulled in my, you know, they d- embarrassed me or whatever. They, but Jesus was not willing to give into that temptation to take it personally because why? Why didn't he take personally what was intended to be personal against him? Because number one, it wasn't about him. The, the offense, he says, they hate me because they hate the Father. And he knew that he was going to run into tons of resistance. And so he did not take up the offense and say, uh, and take it personal. Because number one, he knew who he was. He didn't have to prove anything to anybody. He didn't have to, he only was will, going, coming down here to do the will of the Father, which was basically lay down his life for us, take our place die in our place, shed his blood so that this, this, uh, the, the wages of sin, which is death, would be satisfied by the death of an innocent man. And so Satan would have no more way to claim a complete dominion over the earth because the, the sin had been paid for. So Jesus knew it was not about him. He didn't take it personal. And we can do the same thing. This offense, this attack against your life, against your character, against your family, against your livelihood, these rumors, these accusations against you are not about you. They're to take you out. You know who you are because Jesus knew where he came from. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew why he was here. And so he did not take it personally. And so therefore he was not offended. And therefore he could say, blessed is he who's not offended because of me. So number one, we have to know it's not about you really, unless of course we have sinned. We have done something deliberate, which Jesus never did. He never did anything deliberate to, uh, to provoke or to discourage anyone. But if we've done that and brought into that lie and hurt someone, and many of us, all of us probably have done that for sure, that part of the offense, we need to claim and take a, uh, a responsibility to confess that sin. But Jesus never did any of that. So he only had to know one thing, where he came from. Now, you and I know that also, that where we come from is from heaven. So therefore, it's not... We're not built by God uh, to want to offend people, hurt people, discourage people. So when you're acting in that way, hurting, defending, def- defending yourself, hurting others, you are not acting according to your divine nature. You're acting according to being tempted by the devil and, and, and following his lie 
And so Jesus knew who he was and where he was from. And, and but the Bible also says um, a dead man doesn't sin in Romans chapter six. So when you are dead, when you're, that means you're not going to pick up an offense. You know where it's from. You know who you are. You know God is a righteous judge. You know God's going to take care of it. And so therefore it doesn't move you. It doesn't change the, your course of direction. It doesn't, you don't pick up an offense. You don't use your energy to, um, uh, you know, get the, get the justice. There are many injustices that we will see brought to justice, brought to judgment. You and I will endure to see those just those judgments. And let us pray to God that when we see those judgments come down, that we are on the right side of justice and not there in standing in front of the judge and being uh, reprimanded or uh, dealt with by the God of heaven for something we refuse to do down here. There's so many people who refuse to repent. They refuse to confess their sin. Uh, they just deny it. Uh, they they don't make it a big, they just deny it. They ignore it. And that's when we lose our, our, our edge with God. We lose our edge with his power, his authority, and the real th- call in our lives because we're too busy trying to uh, justify ourselves rather than letting the Lord God justify us. And so those that are in error in believing lies are offended by the truth. And so, you know, Jesus said that uh, we preach Christ, uh, when Paul said this in 1 Corinthians one twenty three, we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. So, so many people see the, the gospel, the cross of Jesus, whereby he bore our sins, he bore our, all our offenses right. against him, mm-hmm. our, our sins and, 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 and wickedness, against God, against one another. He he absorbed all that on the cross. So the cross, we think, well, we want to do it our way, or we want to do it either intellectually or through our religious rules, and neither mm-hmm. one of those are going to work. And and people that want to stay in those things or, or are, are bound by the enemy to mm-hmm. stay in those things find that the truth is very offensive. But they were offended at him uh, because yeah. of him, mm-hmm. because he brought the truth and it just kind of messed up their paradigm, their, their, their paradigm, yep. their, their system. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, he did that because of love. It's the truth that sets us free. Right. And so in, another thing too, Marjorie, about our, our brothers, we are not to offend one another and those that are weaker uh, in faith mm-hmm. and so forth. We, we must be careful that we, Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not walking around on eggshells or with kid gloves, handing people with kid gloves, but w- we must not violate someone's Well, you know, the, the principles conscience. of um, the golden rule, for example, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, that applies here as well. When you have know that you have been forgiven for the offenses and the sins that you have committed, um, the sins against yourself, against God, against others, then in, in uh, going back for just a second to Matthew again, 18, Jesus tells the story. He says, um, Peter asks, he says, um, um, well, how many times, Lord, how many times, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, Peter was being generous. God says, no. He says, no, 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 not up to seven times, but 70 times seven. I mean, countless. Anytime and every time you need to forgive, forgive during that day. You'll be given grace to do it. Then he tells the story of the guy who, owed much money to his master, and he cried out to the master for mercy. The master had mercy on him, forgave the debt, let him go. 
But then the man who had been forgiven of the debt turned around and beat up his fellow servant, or someone who owed him money, for a much lesser amount of money. He didn't pass on the blessing and the forgiveness that he received. He he did exactly to that servant what um, God hadn't done to him. And so this is another thing. We need to know that we have been forgiven much. He was forgiven much, loves much. We need to recognize that we have been forgiven for offenses and we have been set removed from the chopping block of hell and that we can uh, forgive others and be kind and patient with them. But going at, back into the, the restoration in Romans 14, um, you know, what, is, what does he say there? Well, Romans 14, 21 says, It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles, or that means or is offended, mm-hmm. Uh, or is offended, or is made weak. So, this is this is the law of love in action. We are here to encourage, build up, strengthen one another, and sometimes we have share the hard truth that 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 confronts a person, and that's part of love as well. But we're here to to build up and encourage and help one another. Uh, yeah. Go strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Well, and we recognize here in fourteen Romans 14, 1, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. In other words, he's saying, you guys are at different levels of understanding. Some of you are weak. He says, um, one believes that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. So you have the vegetarians versus the meat eaters here. And, you know, we still have that today. And we have, you know, we can judge one another. But he says, let not him who eats despise him who does not eat and let not him who does not eat to judge him who eats for God has received him. So God is the ultimate final owner, judge, master, whatever of each of us. And, and we are not here to judge one another. Let, who are you to judge another man's servant? So we are the servants of the Lord. So if, if something is going wrong between us and each other and, and, and some a fellow servant, that ultimately needs to go to the master, the, the one who can fix the judge. Um, we're not here to do the judge's job. Um, we are not here to take matters into our own hands. We're not here to take up offenses. Um, to his own master, he stands or falls. Let God deal with it. So you, a lot of times we have to just let go of it and say, God, I forgive them, which means I release this matter, this doubtful dispute into your hands. You are the judge. You are the judge over them and me. I'm not the judge. I'm just presenting to you a a crime or an offense, and I'm asking you to deal with it because otherwise we get all tangled up in being a judge. And Satan loves that because then he can judge us for judging. And then again, in Galatians 6, chapter 6, verse 1, he says, um, Restore such a one, one who is taken in an offense. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass or sin or offense, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. All the law of Christ is fulfilled in this, that you love one another. So when we see someone straying, they've got lied to, they got tricked, they got tempted, they got, they fell down, Satan took advantage of them, and then they maybe took advantage of other people. We are, our job is to restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, recognizing that we ourselves could also be tempted and brought, to, brought down. Um, and so when a brother has spiritually immature, um, we don't need to be offended by that. We need to be aware that we can ask God for wisdom to help restore them or teach them or encourage them, um, even to our own expense. We can do that because that's the law of love. And so, again, um, 
these offenses, the offense of the cross. We are because we follow Jesus Christ. We there's there's a natural spiritual natural consequence to following Jesus is that and that is that you become an offense to the world. So don't be offended when they're offended at you because you're standing in the truth, bringing the truth, bringing the light, bringing the revelation of Jesus Christ. And don't take it personal. You know who you are. You know where you have come from. You know where you're going. You know there is a righteous judge who's going to make all these things right. So don't get discouraged. Don't get caught up. Don't become like that seed that fell among the, the thorns and got choked out. Because our goal is not to be ripped off. Our goal is to become 100% fruitful for the Lord God. And so, again, blessed is he who is not offended. Offenses will come. And this is a fiery trial. This is a test. How, what's your attitude going to be? How are you going to release that person? First of all, you must forgive them in your own mind and heart. Turn that crime over to God. Let him be the judge. And then the next step, the Lord will show you whether it's to be reconciled to go to them. Uh, maybe you can't go to them. Maybe they're dead. Maybe they won't receive you. But you, the next step is to walk out that forgiveness uh, as the Lord God leads yeah, you. Yeah, do your part. You know, you're not, we're not responsible for the response of others. When we when we forgive them and and they maybe you know we confess and they're still mad at us they still hold it against us mm-hmm. even though we've forgiven them mm-hmm. we've gone to them we just have to in a sense clear ourselves and it, and, uh, and trust that God will work to clear them as well right because when you forgive someone you release them from your judgment then they're able to go forward but at the same time we have to also receive forgiveness when someone forgives you or when someone in any way, we need to receive that absolution, that forgiveness, so that uh, even though it may take our pride down a notch, we don't have pride. Pride is from hell. We're not made to be proud. We're made to be righteous. And so receiving forgiveness is also another side of that. So, Father God, we thank you for the grace, the strength, the truth, the ability to forgive, to release people from judgments, to not be offended. Our lives are full of much more peace when we're not taking up an offense. So, Lord, we know offenses come, and we pray, Father, even now for those who are offending, seriously offending, hurting, um, sinning against the, the innocent, the, 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 the righteous, the children. Father God, we ask that you would not allow this to continue any longer, that you would uh, bring forth justice, truth, and that these bitter, wicked things would be uh, brought into your court and and dealt with, and that we will walk as Jesus, forgiving, for they know not what they do. We'll be like Jesus. We'll know who we are. We'll know where we're from. We won't take it personal, and we'll be okay. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? 